Hello, welcome to Reads and Weeds. This is Shelly. If you've been enjoying the show, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. That would be great. Hey, everybody, we are back. And today we're with our first parent child combo guest. Isn't that exciting? This is Shelly. I'm here with Paul Gordon. Introduce yourself. You're... You just did. It's okay. fine. We're doing great. This is, uh, this is uh, the first parent-teacher conference I've been to for Moon in quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul was on the Mad Magazine, one with me, and the, we've done several things. But this is Moon's first time. Uh, Moon, Moon, tell us about yourself. Tell us what's going on there in Chicago. What you doing? Um... Why do you recommend this book? Choose any topic, really. Okay, I'll I'll take them all that I can remember that you just okay. said. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I live in Chicago. I've lived in Chicago for like four or more years now. I went to school here. I recently graduated. Of which their father is very, very proud. proud. We're very Thank proud. you. How sweet. Thank you very much. Film school. <laughs> yes, I studied film. I like to write. I'm a writer. Other things. What else did you say? <laughs> um, Why did you? Uh, that was good. You did perfect. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> the amount of information that I wanted delivered precisely the way I wanted it to be delivered. Um, <laughs> Moon was visiting about a month ago, I think. Something right like around that. right around the holidays. Yeah. and uh pre-covid not not the pandemic my personal covid right yeah oh my god yeah glad you got out of here because it was tearing right. through everybody we knew but um recommended we i gave moon some books um a while back and we were talking about reading a play but the book that we decided to talk about together is the picture of dorian gray we have the three of us, Paul, Moon, Shelley, have had great conversations where we discuss movies or books or whatever, and it's always fun. And so we've got, what are we smoking, Paul? Uh, we're smoking Shiraz. Shiraz, Shiraz oh. from Island Farms. And it looks like Moon has a nice bond going with her friend there in the apartment on yes. glorious, glorious, shiny orange sheets and yes really great fun funky setup we got yes yes so tell me why you recommended uh this book um well this book was kind of recommended to me and so i was just really excited to read it and so that was how i passed on the recommendation but i've written a couple stories that i've been told were similar to this and that was my first interest in like oh I was like, oh, okay, so I would be <laughs> like, I would be into the story, you know, the theme, okay. whatever. That's what I remember. I remember yeah. somebody saying, this thing you wrote reminded me of this. So yeah. when you read it, now that you've read it, do you agree? And I don't know if I've said this before, but we're doing Oscar Wilde's The Picture of Dorian Gray. Yes, we did. You I did. did. Okay. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, hey, question, question for you too. Besides like you reading to moon as a baby child um uh -huh. have y'all ever read a book together just intentionally and talked about it 
Uh, no, I think the closest would be that uh, all of my 13-year-old children get the Hitchhiker's Guide to the yeah. Galaxy for their birthday. There you go. That's what I was going to say, yes. Uh, and yeah, I believe you kind of dove right into that, didn't you? Yeah, I read the first book and I loved it. And I think I've read the second. I read, I haven't read the whole, because you you bought me a like Bible-looking edition of a <coughs> book. Yes, it's a five book trilogy. Yes, yeah. five book, and actually, the the copy uh, Moon has has a sixth short story as well. Yeah, I have like the whole collection, and it's really cool. And I never got through the entire thing because I just wasn't reading for a while. But I at least read the first book. I think the second book. I, don't I had never read it before we did it about a year ago. And I don't think like if I read it 25 years ago, I wouldn't have known enough about the frustrations of bureaucracy <laughs> to get all the humor, you know? Oh like, yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't, I missed, I would love to reread all of it was how what I yeah. like, finished that thought with. No, I forgot that I was going to say that. Like <laughs> I would love to reread all of it now that I'm like an adult because I was like a teenager when I read it. So yeah, to, to understand all the levels of bureaucracy that he's so frustrated with that he yeah wrote this entire series of books i'm like i am right here with you buddy i am so with you on all of these stupid frustrations um so now that now i want to ask you when you finished reading a uh, picture of dorian gray did you think oh yeah that's kind of like the story i wrote or did you think they were off uh it was similar yeah like parts of it were similar because there was the whole uh, concept and the thing is I had never heard of it so like someone told me like oh this is like that and I was like oh oops <laughs> um, but uh, more or less the concept of the story I wrote was um, it was also like a prompt assigned to me I was given like a certain amount of things that had to be in this story so like I, no, I want prompts um, <laughs> and so like it had to be like um, like there had to be like books involved so it took place in a bookstore and like this person was like a photographer and like took a portrait, like took a self portrait and like was like trapped in the bookstore until they could get someone else to take a self portrait and like be also trapped in the bookstore kind of like forever. Oh, oh, wow. That's very, uh, I love it. That's yeah. kind of Dorian Gray meets Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yes. And I also, a lot of, I like the type of, I like the, you know, Black Mirror Twilight Zone type stuff. So, um, yes. Yeah, I didn't, I hadn't heard of this book, but then I was told that it was different, but it was, people were like, oh, this reminds me of this. And I was like, oh. Yes, no, 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 it's great. It's got that <laughs> weird, weird, dark, magic-y kind of stuff, but also. And like the picture, you know, the portrait. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is not at all like I thought it was gonna be. Especially oh. towards the end. So here's what I think. Do I can summarize it or do one of you want to summarize it? Well, well, if I could just interject real quickly, since we're both talking, we're kind of all talking about our what we expected out of the book and what it actually ended up being. Like, yeah. I was super surprised to see that it's half a science fiction uh, book. Right. You know, there's Ooh. a little fantasy in it. There's some sort of weird magic taking place. That's all I knew about it. Uh, I, knew it. I did not know that for some reason. I, that's, that's, I didn't really get the premise. Oh. I always thought the picture of Dorian Gray <laughs> referred to 
like kind of the essence of Dorian Gray, like you know, know. somebody somebody painting not a literal picture, but like kind of a verbal picture right. or just kind of the stereotypical, like quintessential essence of yeah. a person. He's so I didn't even think it was health. a literal painting. A so <laughs> yeah. I thought, because I know the importance of being earnest, that it would be witty and mannered and sort of sarcastic and smart and be of a certain era of British aristocracy when they were like lazy and bored, but rich, yeah. you know, kind of like Oscar Wilde. Well, and, it certainly was all of that. It was all, all those, of those things. It was all those things, but I didn't realize the story was what the story was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Incredibly deep and layered and, yeah. and very interesting. But just what for a the premise. record, the picture right. yeah. right from the, so I'm holding up my hoopla Somehow I downloaded an, an e-reader version, an audible version, and another e-reader version. I don't know why. <laughs> so if somebody wasn't able to get picture of Dorian Gray from the Ypsilanti Library this week, it's because I checked all of them out for some reason. <laughs> but the picture of Dorian Gray on my little app looks a lot like a picture of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> really? well, it does a bit, yeah. Like, I feel like Keanu Reeves could possibly play this. <laughs> I know, that's what makes it so it's good. It's delightful. It's delightful. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like if Keanu and a hot Edgar Allan Poe did it. They did. That's what <laughs> And, uh, and that's that's who's on the cover of that one. Dorian. I got the audiobook uh, that features uh, Stephen Fry. Yes, I wanted to hear your thoughts about that. I was because I remember you said that. Well, Stephen Fry is is I'm Tell a huge our fan. Listeners, who Stephen Fry is, please. Stephen talk. Fry is an English actor who <laughs> sounds a bit like this and is quite intelligent and uh, incredibly skilled as an actor and uh, and as a voice actor. Oh, and he read the book. He read and all the character work inside it. The uh, I'm sorry, Moon. What was that? Sorry to interrupt you. I just remembered that I think he also played Oscar Wilde in a movie. Yes, oh, as a young man, I believe he. Yeah, I believe you're right about that in the in I a biopic about. Uh, Which is cool. Not exactly <laughs> sure what, but I think that is accurate. Yes. Yeah. So he's clearly the best person ever to be reading anything by Oscar Wilde. So for it was a trick. I kind of had to cram it in at the last minute due to some technical difficulties. So uh, to, I, it was much easier to stay enraptured listening to Sir Stephen Fry lay down the words of Sir Oscar Wilde, even if Honestly, he wasn't knighted. Yeah. I'll knight Oscar Wilde right now. I'll do it. Give me a sword. <laughs> okay. And okay. knowing that the audiobook that you were listening to is narrated by Stephen Fry. Sometimes when I had trouble understanding what I was reading, I would like try to picture it in Stephen Fry's uh, hear it in Stephen's voice. Yeah. <laughs> understand, like, okay, I can comprehend like a human saying this. Like yes. I get this. Yes. I'm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so have either one of you seen The Importance of Being Earnest? No, I haven't, but I've oh. heard of it. I just, I'm not, not too familiar with if it. You, if you have if you like the sort of quick, like, like they're so sad and let's just go to the club and <laughs> just take a nap and then my servant's going to bring me the chocolate, you know? And, yeah. But they're also just wrecking lives <laughs> left and right and being I kind know. of assholes. <laughs> and so this is another thought that I thought you guys would appreciate is in the first few pages where they're all just like, 
Oh my God, I love him. He is the most important person in the world. What? You just met him. No, he's beautiful. Oh, and yeah. I was thinking about that show that we watched called like Caleb Gallo. Oh my gosh, The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb yes. Gallo. Right. The whole first 20 pages, all I was seeing was <laughs> that show and all of them going like, I don't want you to draw oh, me anymore. Yeah. You're beautiful. <laughs> You're terrible. Let's go to lunch. Exactly. Like, you know what? That's so funny because one of my points that I wanted to bring up was that these people are just gay. Like this is a gay friend. I know group. they're so frustrated. That's why they keep fucking everything up. They're just gay and they're in love with each other. Like they're in love with each other. I don't know if First anyone. Three pages, you're like, hello. I know. I don't know if anyone ever has or ever will write homoeroticism better than Oscar Wilde. Yeah. <laughs> blows no. off his off his pen. I mean, easily. He understands what he is writing about. And mm -hmm. what's funny is at the time that it starts, I guess the boy is supposed to be 17 or 18, you know, Dorian, the most gorgeous creature in the yeah. world. And somehow he's just trounced in, become like a model for this painter who also just paints people over and over again, because that's how they live. And he's maybe 30 and this other dude that just kind of hangs around and they're all sort of like- Lord in our, Henry. Yeah. In our <laughs> era, Lord Henry and they're like either, they're like trust fund kids who just sort of have a flat in new york and they're just like i'm bored let's go to africa like they're those guys <laughs> yeah if it were 1990 instead of 1890 right. lord henry would have been played by james spader for instance yeah and and now he would be played by james franco yes for sure yes exactly one of those people is james franco for sure Ooh, he, yeah franco could be lord henry pretty easy i think yeah there, it's fun to think about cast you play a horrible person pretty good and so <laughs> yeah 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 i think you'd be just horrible in this role it's perfect <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly so uh Initially, this painter reminds me of the Caleb Gallo character. Oh, yeah, they all did. All of them. It was, I couldn't get it out of my head. That's so funny because there were so many moments in the book by so many of the characters where it was all of a sudden, how could you say that to me? Yeah. Goodness, like, you're making me very upset. Yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines. And, and, and you're thinking, like, well, remember from page one how that's how y'all talk? <laughs> you say something, someone tells you you're horrible and they hate you. Then they say they love you. Then you say that you love them and you love this other person. And then you guys have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's absolutely yeah, nothing wrong like, with you, Dorian. There could never be anything wrong with you. You're too beautiful for yeah. anything to be wrong with you ever. Beauty and youth is your crime and your honor. <laughs> and then um, they're all gossiping with their other friends about each other constantly. It's just like catty gay friend group is what. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah, catty gay rich friends. It's yeah, like if the they were, you know what would be fun to do? You know what would be fun to do? Is a picture of Dorian Gray like reality show. He's sitting in the drawing room and he's saying like, um, so I feel like my picture has changed <laughs> and it's freaking me out. It is not as beautiful as I am anymore. And, what is it know, like, you know, like the eyes are following you around? Because like, that happens a lot. That just like a lot of paintings feel like that. I'm but. not going to let anybody see it like ever though. 
but like <laughs> then yeah. how will we know if you're seeing changes in the painting or I'm if you're just batshit crazy <laughs> I, I want murder okay so there's so many concepts to explore here okay so i'm going to try a quick skeletal summary we meet these characters a painter yeah. a man named dorian a friend named lord henry they're obviously of a certain class of leisure in London around 1890. They have shit to do, but hang out at the club and paint each other. And um, and then go to the opera in the evening. Go to the opera and be just like sort of bored and intellectual and, and teaching each other things that are mostly bullshit philosophical things. But apparently mm -hmm. Dorian is so gorgeous, no one can handle it. He's gonna charm the world. He can't even, his friends can't even handle it. They're like, basically it's a gay love triangle. Yes. And then- well, um, An unrequited one, apparently. Unrequited, everyone's like every, well, unrequited. Nobody is, yeah. Nobody's really talking about it while they're then, talking about it. Then it's starts very strange. This, like, this starts this like playful comedy of manners over the next, you know, until these men grow old. And it is centered around the fact that Dorian is so beautiful and he's got to, you know, this youth that's going to carry him through life. And then he's never thought about it before. Lord Henry starts telling him how beautiful he is, calls attention to his own beauty. And then and then tells him straight up, yeah. uh, you better hang on to that because your life is worthless without yeah, it. He sort of terrifies him. And this is an older an older man, like kind of yeah. kind of preaching what it, what is purported to be the truth to a young, impressionable boy. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, young Dorian buys right in. He buys right in. He's yep. very influenced by this. And he says something like, may I never lose my youth. May and this then, painting bear the burden oh my of my age yeah. rather than me. Yeah. So then his yeah. life plays out like this. It really actually plays out like this. He is having his life and he suddenly one day after something terrible happens realizes that the painting seems altered but he doesn't and he starts to understand that he is not aging he's not like reverse aging like benjamin button he's just sort of vampire he's hit the pause he's button vampiring. not the benjamin button like he turned at that age so he's going to stay that age right he's like forever beautiful can't forever be affected beautiful. by anything and i think it's important to to lean forever on young, <laughs> you always be forever young but you're going to be a jerk off the oh whole my time God. it's not so. gonna be as fun as you think <laughs> you're gonna lose your goddamn mind <laughs> okay so lord henry his role in this is like i think uh, Lord Henry may be the greatest shit stirrer in the literary history of shit stirring. Yes. And uh, the only thing I can think of even that even comes close is uh, uh, what's his name from La Liaisons Dangerous. <laughs> Not Foghorn Leghorn. He wasn't in Dangerous Liaisons. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I the, heard that, you that character, the name, it doesn't matter, but uh, an awful person who will connive anything and anyone at any time just to see a little drama play out in front of their well, plus, eyes he's just kind of bored like in the very yeah because he's bored scene, shitless because he's rich well, in the opening yeah scene, so he has nothing better to do than ruin thing. everyone else's lives for entertainment basically yeah, mm -hmm. that's really exactly. what he's doing and basically the 
Basil, the painter, what a perfect name, Basil. Basil. Um, he, I need a friend named Basil. Hashtag Basil. goals 2020. Who in here, raise your hand if you have a friend named Basil. Paul? Uh, only when I'm- name Basil? No, we, need to bring back. we need to bring that name back. I think though people would go by Basil. I feel like that's a name- People. I'm gonna call them Basil. Okay, He's I need it. <laughs> I Even need when I was a, I don't need a basil friend. I need a basil. Friend. One of the great joys of my prep cook life, and there were so few of them. Uh, <laughs> was every time I got out a bunch of fresh basil to chop up, I would say, "Oh, Basil, come here, you." Chop the shit out of it. That, that was good fun. Worth it. <laughs> okay, so. Um, his life plays out. He's very, very frustrated. He's never like loves. He never settles because it really just becomes super odd how so, sort of self-obsessed and youth obsessed and what it happens to him, how it like rips his life apart and well, what it does to the people around him. And it's how only it odd up. if you rule out the fact that Henry is Lord Henry's doing everything in his power to feed that into Dorian Gray every chance he gets and make sure that he never loses the perspective that oh you must be beautiful uh it doesn't matter what you do to others people will always love you because okay, you're gorgeous but let me explain something yes we've all done this right all of us have a friend i am sure i have several friends male and female that are those friends that are like shut up girl you're always gonna look good you never change oh my god you look awesome those people who are just so championing looks and you're like well, it's okay if we don't, though, you know, we're not right. gonna forever, right. but like, there's this gonna change. Like, yeah. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna get my hair done. I'm gonna get my boobs. I'm just like, okay, but still, though, you're still, we're gonna know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry. And it's okay. Also, we've, we've done that part. Yeah. We can move on. But we all know that person who isn't trying to be so focused on it, but they just are. You know, they yeah. just are because it's really important. And you have to be like, hey, that's just not that important to me. Like, I don't need to dye this or remove that. <laughs> you know, good. And yeah. they they want to, and you can tell, and they talk about it. So he, I feel like he's kind of that guy, but also he's just has nothing to lose by being sort of openly flirtatious and manipulative of this man because just has nothing better to do. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not like he's going to go broke doing it. He doesn't pay his bills anyway. He says so straight up to his uh, rich uncle when he wants to find out everything there is to know about Dorian Gray after a first meeting. <laughs> and then they discover all the stuff about his lineage and it's seedy and there's trouble from the jump. And it, uh, it's just yeah. too delicious for Lord Henry they're, they're also... to, to ignore. And then he just turns him into a person who becomes so callous and so narcissistic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And I think all the while knows it's happening to him, but denies it. And that's what, why the picture of Dorian Gray begins to change in front of his own eyes. Yeah. If it's an, if it's a case of insanity. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that feeds, that's what fed it. Like the, the, the realization that there's, he, he allowed himself to be made the biggest narcissist who ever lived. Ooh, that is tough. <laughs> <laughs> that is stuff to realize yeah and then what are you gonna do about it you don't know anything else oh my god am i gonna be this asshole forever <laughs> maybe this painting, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe this painting could be the asshole forever i don't know i made a note you asshole painting so i made a note stuff. in my book and because do you know the hold on a second 
Let me see if I can get my shit together. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to find my quote. Talk um, about the um, vanity yeah. of youth and the weirdness of preserving it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to me along those lines that uh, it, it feels like this little tribute to, to rich narcissism is just really kind of a look at any reality show you might see on television anymore uh right. it's the it's the real housewives it's uh it's keeping up with the kardashians it's, it's, reality it's all yes. of these rich bored people just trying to do something interesting with their lives and they're so uninteresting that drama and creating that thing is the only thing that will possibly entertain them so i felt like it was a an incredible an incredibly prescient kind of narrative that a hundred, what, 30 years later is, it speaks directly to you if you're paying any attention to society at all. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was reading that at the beginning of the copy of the book that I have has like a timeline that I mentioned earlier, I think before we were recording, maybe I don't remember, but. Yeah, yeah, a, a uh, timeline of Oscar Wilde's life, right? Yes, and so, uh, and it gives you some like historical context too. And um, when it was first, when this, uh, when the picture of Doria Gray was first published, it was like shunned and like, like banned from like libraries and places because it was like deemed like immoral and like sinful and like, like people were like really angry that he wrote this book. And I think part of it was like how kind of gay it is, but I think the other part of it <laughs> is that like, it was very much like calling out or like it was like a satirical or like a, you know what I mean? It was- but, Well, even if it wasn't about uh, gayness and, and you didn't quite pick up on that vibe somehow as a reader. <laughs> somehow, yeah. Like, you know, you I, I think- it. I think more moreover it was it was about the lascivious lifestyle that he that Dorian goes on to live after you know uh somehow transferring his aging process into a painting on the day that changed him into a, a horrible person for the rest of his life uh without so, him know, even knowing it when um so Basil is painting him and he's already like disturbed by this painting. He's like, I've put too much of myself into it. And Lord Henry misunderstands what he means by that. It's sort of like, I put so much intention into this that he, he almost feels like it's dangerous or something. It's never going to show it to anyone, right? Yeah. Right. So it's almost like, did he know? Did he know? There was a Basil, are you asking if Basil knew or, or Dorian knew? Doing? I wonder that too Somebody because it or whatever. Yeah, it, I it wonder felt that to too. me later when when Basil was talking about it, like uh when when he and Dorian are talking about it later in the book, he Basil's the one that says, You know there's something different about that painting, don't you? And then there's this whole descriptive narrative about what he was painting and when and with what. And it, it led me to think that there is a possibility that there was kind of quote unquote magic afoot at the time it was being painted. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the thing about that is if that's true, we have a, a subtle and uh, um, subversive manipulation of Dorian Gray on the part of Basil and an overt, just right in your face, 
manipulation of Dorian Gray on the part of Lord Henry. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're just, they're pulling at different things, but the strings play the same puppet and they both lead to the same road. So in That's chapter two yeah. on page 15 of my book, this is um, what they're saying to him. They're saying, yes, Mr. Gray, the gods have been good to you, but what the gods give, they quickly take away. You have only a few years in which to live really perfectly and fully. When your youth goes, your beauty will go with it. And then you will suddenly discover that there are no triumphs left for you or have to content yourself with those mean triumphs that the memory of your past will make more bitter than defeats. Every month as it wanes brings you nearer to something dreadful. Time is jealous of you and wars against your lilies and your roses. You will become sallow and hollow-cheeked and dull-eyed. You will suffer horribly. Realize your youth while you have it. Don't squander the gold of your days, trying to improve the hopeless failure or giving away your life to the ignorant, the common, the vulgar. Live the wonderful life that's in you, <laughs> right? With your personality, there's nothing you could not do. The world belongs to you for a season, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was thinking, there's this Regina Spector song <laughs> where she says, enjoy your youth. Dun, 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 dun. Sounds like a thread. <laughs> enjoy your youth. Sounds like a threat, but I will anyway. You know the song I'm talking about? Nope. Okay. No, but I like While, it. But it's clearly within the thread for it's sure. In the yeah. Thread because basically, when people go, you, we've all had this said to us at some point. You you better do that while you're young. Mm. You better yeah. not waste your youth. Live what? Live while you're young. Fresher. Do you know right. what I mean? But Fish good asked and out loud things. in musical form, can I live while I'm young? They do. Can't this wait till I'm old? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So I think we all understand. Like, yeah. it sounds, but the thing is, is if you have that influence in your life and you also have somebody going like, now you got to learn how to work hard because you're going to get old and ugly. <laughs> you know, like you, you have to have that person in your life too. And he had nothing, you know, he was sort of like orphan, right? Yeah, um, right. And just influenced and too good looking for sense. I feel like he was a child star, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this just is... got manipulated. But Holy was like, shit, Come over and be my pool boy. <laughs> Come over and be my pool boy and I'll just take videos of you all day. It's like, He's that child, you know? Um, Oof. Yeah, right? That's dark. Well, I mean, that's definitely dark. what it is, though, especially how you were saying, like, these two other older men totally just took him and manipulated him. Like, that's oh, totally, sure. that's like a real thing that happens to, like, young gay men. It's happening right now. Yeah. All over the place. Somebody, if you're out there, you're being manipulated by an older gay man. Yeah, if know, this is what it takes to realize... To put it into context and perspective yeah it's you <laughs> and i'm if sorry you're not like like not allowed to wear pants or leave the house or anything like that yeah right <laughs> uh, to paraphrase my favorite murder call your gay dad you're D in a gay cult dm me okay <laughs> dm me if people are telling you you know if all they do is tell you you're beautiful and frustrate you to the point of murder then call me yeah, yeah let's talk it out man let's talk it out there's a sign 
something should change. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're here for you. Okay. If Dory, if you really, really relate to Dorian Gray, yeah, then <laughs> give us a call. Okay. We are worried and we know you're just cute as a button. <laughs> we want to have you on the show, yeah, but you yeah. need to get out of there. But okay. We need to talk about a few things. You know what I was gonna say is when we were talking about um how like does Basil know like what does he know what doesn't he know right I remember specifically a line that he said it was something along the lines of um when I met Dorian like the second I saw Dorian like I just knew like the worst like I felt like the worst sadness of my life would be like attached to him or something like I knew he would bring me like great sadness like than more than I've ever known and yet like oh, he was wow. the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and I was like okay so right. something happens <laughs> I was like something yeah happens. yeah <laughs> definitely right. and it then it's crazy that's but it's what your on. that's what your English yeah. literature teacher would call a bit of foreshadowing yes as it yeah. turns out so that's also what I wonder like if he felt that and then said that about the painting as well like I wonder how much he knew. He seemed genuinely shocked when Dorian actually showed him like the change in the painting. But that scene, I also was like rushing through because I was like, so like, oh my gosh, things are happening. And I remember reading that very fast. Yeah. So I might be, I don't know. But... It had been 20 years, right? It'd been a while, I think. I had I one one of the problems I had following the audiobook was I didn't get to see numbers. Oh, okay. So I like think. I didn't like I I had a problem with a lot of the timeline. Uh, so I'm not reliable there. Mm -hmm. I I know time had elapsed and Henry got old for sure. I remember that being true. And painted a lot more paintings and did things. So so I'm thinking like a he covered the painting up all those years of their friendship because he didn't want anybody to see it so like the first time they saw it in the first few pages what was the thing that he did he fell in love with the actress and that really fucked him up right yes because it well, totally fucked him up so i fell we talk in about love the, if i may no it's all very unrational or yeah irrational, it's super irrational. irrational but let me just describe henry's wife the way oscar wilde does oh yes please i love do. this explanation she was a curious woman whose dresses always looked as if they had been designed in a rage and put on in a tempest. <clears throat> she was usually in love with somebody. And as her passion was never returned, she had kept all her illusions. She tried to look picturesque, but only succeeded in being untidy. Her name was Victoria, and she had a perfect mania for going to church. A perfect yeah. mania for going to church. I remember really liking that. So hard with me. I was like, yes. Earlier, I'm like, I have to remember that line, but I bet you Shelly does. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's what happens to our poor, our poor, captive, beautiful gay boy who's been <laughs> taken in by these men is that um, one night he just goes out to this tawdry little theater and you're like, I'm just thinking like, which one of these men is gonna do something to him first? But then I realized, oh, this was written in 1890. That's probably not gonna That's happen. That's not happening, yeah. Um, but of course, then he goes, cause they're always confessing their love to each other or behind each other's backs. It's like Caleb Gallagher. Yes. Um, but Dorian's also the connection, I think it's worthy of mention right now that to the East End, the, the lower class of London to these rich people. 
So there's a, there's an interesting dynamic there uh, that oh, yeah. he is in that world a little bit because he's not fully uh, royalty or landed right. baron or anything because of the, the circumstances of his birth being a bit illegitimate. Yeah, uh, but he was taken in by his eventual grandfather, who was a lord and baron. It's so. such a common story. Now I see him just more and more as a child star. Like, yeah, Dorian's parents were like his dad was a janitor, and his mom, uh, you know, came from old old money. No, and- no, no. I think that well, he. I think he's more newer money, and the people, all the other people, are like my family's been rich for thousands of years. You know, like those well, other two dudes. As I re- as right. I recall. Dorian's mother ran off to be with someone beneath her station from the Lord, whatever his name was, a landed baron. So like she, he came, he, from a genealogical standpoint, comes from a bunch of English land and a bunch of English money. It's whether or not he's going to end up with it based on his lineage. Right, right, right. Family stuff at the beginning was a little confusing to me. There was that one chapter where like six or seven characters per paragraph were getting introduced like back to back or something. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I was like, I can't follow it. I really tried to like follow it. (laughs) No, I can't. So so I'm going to talk about... um, Zane, no, Sybil Vane, right? Sybil Vane, the actress he goes name. to see. What a name. So, I loved Vane. it too. I also loved her Vane. name. So he goes. How's it spelled? Course, I'm sorry, because I only heard right it. There, S-I-B-Y-L-V-A-N-E. It is just V-A-N-E. Vane. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the weather, but not, but you know. Yeah. Not like. But we all know what it really is her alluring to. Her middle name is yes. the Yeah. The weather. Yeah, one word. Sybil. The, the weather. weather rain. Rain. They call yeah. her the weather. Yes. They call her the weather. Was her, or the weather. That was her so wrestling nickname. Webby stuff like that. Because she comes in like a thunderstorm. Webby V. I called her Webby V. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, get your shit together. Okay, so Webby V is a Shakespearean actress. Some people call her Sybil Vane. Um, Dorian goes to see her. And he's, of course, madly in love with her. She's perfect in every way. She's as delicate as a flower and as distant as the moon. <laughs> she's a pot of honey. He immediately blah, blah, blah. loves her from the top of her tiny little head to the it's bottom so of her tiny yeah, little head. Like she's a genius at that. And she plays genius actress. and Imogene yeah. and Rosamond. She's, oh my God. So, um, and of course they're like, you're mad. Have you even spoken to the girl? And he's like, you don't understand. So um, they sort of egg him on. Like, are you going to do something or what you know mm-hmm. and the whole time i'm like why are you hitting on her because you're so gay i was really shocked when that started happening like i did I not know. see her coming at all i was like wait i thought i was following these three men and boys yes what who is this woman like no offense but i was literally like where did yeah, she no, come from like what, what? Could you definitely not do as an englishman in 1890 gay stuff ever so yeah, you just but, gave in to the idea that you were going to eventually find a you're going to marry right. somebody you're going to have a couple kids you're going to get bored with them yeah. you might have a mistress later on if you're rich enough yeah and you also just buy they, in yeah and also yeah. they talk about they, they talk about marriage like like um like though well, people only marry because they're 
men marry because they are tired, women because they are curious. Both are disappointed. Both are disappointed. Yes. Oh, God. I don't think Such I'm likely to marry line. Henry. Yeah, I, I agree. Such a love. That is one of your aphorisms. I'm putting into practice as I do everything you say. Who are you in love with? Said Lord Henry after a pause because he's like, oh my God, I hope it's me. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> with an actress, said Dorian Gray, blushing. Lord Henry shrugged his shoulders. That's a rather commonplace debut. Um, <laughs> Sybil Vane. So basically they're like, who is this batch? Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing that I kind of wrote down and noted, and I actually talked to a couple of my friends about who have read it or are familiar with it at least, um, was that every time they talked about each other, like these men talked about each other, they were like, you are the most beautiful thing I have yeah. ever seen you are everything to me I love you so much nothing can come between us like all on Molly all the time <laughs> but then when they any any time they talked about any woman any woman they were like she just was horrible she <laughs> yes. just she was just the worst she was ugly like she was stinky like she was awful yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was like how much like like if if you weren't convinced they were gay already like they hate <laughs> women like they don't like they don't even like them like they don't enjoy them at all right, right. Like, there's also a lot about the misogyny within the gay community so i was like this is interesting that it's touching oh, this oh that yeah is this funny. book brought stark relief to the level of misogyny that we while we still have a great deal of it we don't have anymore because it, the being I mean, all of it, really, the the richness, the servants, the guy who gets shot on a fucking rabbit hunt and people are like, I, I mean, that. I will get to it later, but like, but the, the, the react, the immediate reaction to them thinking that the servant has been shot on a hunt is like, well, damn, what is he doing in front of the guns? Yes. You idiot, you've died because you're oh, dumb and Bob. now you've ruined my shoot oh, for the day. It wouldn't do in the, in the village Just, for us to continue the hunt now. Yeah, exactly. Just crazy, crazy level of so, uh, um, inhumanity. Just walking around every day like it owns the place. Listen to this bullshit. Oh, wait, wait. That doesn't sound too dissimilar to now, after all. Yes. So this is Dorian My talking opinion. about how he loves Sybil. And then um, he oh, says, how good. long have you known her? About three weeks. Listen, so he's, he's trying to say, like, you're making fun of me, but I really love her, right? <laughs> so this is Dorian for the first time talking about Sybil. He's like, after all, it never would have happened if I had not met you. You filled me with a wild <laughs> desire to know everything about life. For days after I met you, something themed, seemed to throb in my veins. As I lounged in the park or strolled down Piccadilly, I used to look at everyone who passed me and wonder with a mad curiosity what sort of lives they led. Some of them fascinated me, others filled me with terror. There were an exquisite passion in the air, had a passion for sensations. Well, one evening about seven o'clock, I determined to go out. So basically saying I was so fucking fired up after we started hanging out that I ended up in a place I never would have been in before. And, you know, there was like misplaced horniness is what it was. Yeah. That's what like gay people. That was my takeaway after this book. Right. Right. I fancied a thousand things. The mere danger gave me a sense of delight, right? And so 
And then he's like, don't laugh at me, Harry. So they call him Lord Henry and they also call him Harry. Is that Harry is, a, is just a nickname for Henry. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's literally where it comes from. <laughs> Jack, but people call me Jimmy. Well, yeah, well, your name is John, but people call you Jack. <laughs> I do have that friend. I have that friend. We had a president who was that. John Jack? John Jack Jackson? John Jack uh, Jacobson. <laughs> what if our yeah, you remember him. He was president. the 75th president of the United States. President of John Jack Jackson. <laughs> John Jack Jackinson. You do you remember <laughs> on Arrested Development, Scott Bayo played blah, 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 blah? <laughs> do you remember that no he was it, he was their lawyer and his name was bob blah blah so he was bob, bob, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah that's great <laughs> oh my god i can't believe you guys don't know about that okay so does not go well with sybil does anybody want to sum that little adventure up with sybil well first of all i think if i could if i, I want to sum up their their brief but torrid relationship that that only involved like maybe two or three little kisses uh yeah, dorian like goes to theater <laughs> sees beautiful woman do beautiful work on a stage yes. immediately falls in love with woman mm-hmm. Uh, eventually works up the the uh, stones to go backstage never never gives his name to anybody to meet oh. young sybil Vane, who starts referring to him as prince charming uh and they have what is between uh what i think is two 17 year olds yeah, because Dorian will become of age later in the year. They make a point of that a couple of times. I presume that means 18. Uh, and uh, Sybil has a uh, brother, a little younger, at 16, as it turns that's out. That's his name, Lil Younger. Lil Younger, that's his rap name. His Lil 1890s rap name, yeah. Lil Younger Vane. And that's because in the early 1870s, Lil the Lil Younger Lil. gang in America were big. So it was like a real gangster name for some yeah. English kid who was an aspiring Everybody, rapper in 1890. I don't have to tell you guys about Young V. Everybody knows Young V. <laughs> so, okay, speaking of Young V, Sylvia Sybil Vane uh, requites our our hero Dorian's love uh, based on absolutely nothing but a handshake and a brief they discussion. They don't know each mm-hmm. other's They've, fucking. It's ridiculous. It. It's it's eight year olds falling in love at yeah. 17 mentally that is and uh they decide well for sure we're going to be together forever and then dorian invites uh, uh basil and lord henry to come see his new love for themselves because they are mocking him mercilessly about the whole ordeal uh and the dorian is convinced that once they see her perform they'll get it and then because they're in love now she has no passion for theater and is abysmal and if i may dorian says you've embarrassed me (laughs) fuck off it's the reader's digest version and of course she's very very sad and would you like me to finish what happens there or do you want to go from did you have something? Is that about have where you, you want to end met up? somebody at a comedy show and they're super cute and funny and they're like, come see my improv group. And you go see their improv group and it's so bad <laughs> that you try to just sneak out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't, but I would. Oh, hey, you showed up and you're like, 
Huh? Oh what? shit, you saw me. That oh, sucks for yeah, me real sorry. bad right now. Hey, Damn we hooked up last night. You're like, did we? Oh my god, I oh. gotta go. I was oh, confused. I've got I... stomach cramps in my feet Something. and I gotta Nobody go. has that not ever happened to anybody? I didn't think so. <laughs> That's um, what happened. <laughs> well, I believe it. Was. Also, she doesn't know his name. She, they're both losing their yes, shit. Yes, they're yes, both yes. Like, they have no basis in reality. She's teaching these children. Her background is, is very much uh, poor theater. Mother's a, a, a not quite as good actress. Uh, they owe their lives to the theater. They're on like a three-year, we'll keep you alive, but you owe me three years because... Uh, there's like and the mother was the son was a bastard you know yeah it's, call it's him out. poor people being indentured yeah for one thing or another the huge. you know how it is <laughs> the huge. right normal just you know and again very current hollywood yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right you will yeah. dance as long as i say you'll dance so are we ready to talk about what happens to her next right now this second yeah go for it because she does not take this news well, our young no. Sybil Vane. He's disgusted. And he He's and and disgusted. to be clear, Dorian is the worst human being ever in this moment who didn't yeah, actually murder he... someone or physically sexually assault a person when he berates her for being embarrassingly bad as an actress yeah. and boring his friends to the point that he no longer loved her. And wished he never had it all after three weeks of yeah. no of having five minutes of conversations with a person that you're loving about to marry because you know they yeah. by the way they're getting married now at this point they're engaged yeah he, he like calls the her gross. and then her family comes to get up for I think it's they leave the theater she says hang on I'll be right back I left something in the theater and what she left in the theater was poison that she drank to kill herself yeah. Yes, and then she was found in her dressing room or something. Like after she didn't come down the stairs after a period of time. Yes. Uh, and the only thing they know about this beau of hers is that he's, she called him Prince Charming. And he's, you know, maybe he's 20, 17, and something hey, like that. Uh, spoiler alert, guess what? Dorian Gray doesn't really give a shit. As it turns out, he uh, does not care when he gets he the news. Uh, right away, immediately that she's died uh he begins to tussle tussle with it a little bit but then there's lord henry again who convinces him that you must never speak of this news i have just brought you i can't believe you didn't know that she she killed herself and then as a true narcissist juvenile uh rich kid dorian is just like i can't believe it was even just yesterday <laughs> that yeah i wish that i broke this person's heart devastatingly now i've changed my mind again yada 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 and it's just it's all this crazy absolute narcissistic insanity that is just being bred in by not only the system as it's set up but by drama seeking rich people who are bored to the point where they just can't wait for what happens next until somebody's dead and they're like oh shit we gotta bury this we gotta bury yeah. this yeah i was 
like what I said earlier when I was like, where did she come from? Like, I wasn't expecting her. I also wasn't expecting her to be gone so quickly. I was like, yeah, oh, right, like right. goodbye, like what? And so then I was like, oh, I get it. Like, it's like, it's just, this is just going to be like bad. <laughs> like it's the first of, of yeah. all of the terrible things yeah, that he's going a, to do. It's a trigger and it fucks him up so bad you know what I mean because it's the first time he does something that sort of you know what it is it's like his his sort of loss of innocence starts the second he meets Lord Henry yes and just what you keep seeing is just exactly what they predict like loss of innocence loss of sweetness loss of floweriness but only inside inside he's losing all that quickly and outside he's not so it makes him just a very strange person yes um and the first time the first time the painting appears to alter to him is after is is and he doesn't know it yet right is when he gets back from the theater and he thinks that it's just about he he thinks he sees a change in the mouth a a bit of cruel a, a, a hint of cruelty in the smile is i believe how it's referenced and then that even morphs a little further moments later. And we find out later that that is, is to be in time with her actually taking her life. Right. The first bit of change in the painting comes when he's cruel to her. He's a dick because she, she didn't do great as an actress that night. And then the second bit is when she's dead. And then from that moment forward, the painting alters a little bit, uglier yes. and older, Every time Dorian does a remotely shitty thing. Yeah. So and there are lots of detail, them. very important detail right now. We were talking about young V, Jim Vane, Sybil's little brother. Yes. Who somehow, even though they're poor, is just heading off to Australia. Well, no, he's it's, it's an it's indentured servitude. It's he gets on a ship, he's a sailor, he signs on. He's worried about his sister part. and says if he hurts you, I will kill him. Yes, he yes, does. Straight up says that. Yes. Straight and up then the next it. thing you know. <laughs> and uh, he says it. A lot of people say things like that. But uh, in this particular story, it means more uh, means more than you think. Um, he was mad. Mom, were you married to my father? He's got, you know, issues, but he goes away. Right. Um the way that they live their lives um if you know books from this era 1890 these kind of witty books of manners uh this style this Oscar Wilde style but the characters are so you're right. They're annoying gay dudes. It's what they yeah. are. <laughs> They're entitled. That's just what they are. And that's an yeah. annoying breed of person, unfortunately. Yeah, but it also, it's there's the money. Someone. Do you know what I mean? A lot of it is the money. Also, and yes. not having anything to do. Yes. That's well, what that's, makes- I think a good point about the reality TV thing and the connection yeah. there is like, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. People watch that because it's funny and they enjoy watching that because it's- right and terrible things are happening exactly somebody's storming out somebody's getting a divorce somebody threw something at the wall really like, and they're oh. rich so like they don't even need to have all this and you know like it's just it's yeah. the same kind of concept absolutely yeah 
Yeah, it's almost like I'm so bored, I'm just gonna cause trouble. Yeah. Know? And then and just people are like fun. <laughs> Yeah. or the the, yeah. the just self-indulgent kind of greed of it like just taking pleasure from whatever they can take pleasure from whatever the consequences are they don't care like there's constant references to dorian gray like ruining and sullying reputations of young women uh constant from the time he's he gets done with with sybil vane right up until the time he's done with life essentially mm-hmm. uh was isn't there a reference to how many yeah there's a, a, a reference to he just like does horrible like things he just crazy number of suicides and basically he was yeah. the last person all of them saw before they decided to end their own life uh yeah and like is, is this pile of negativity wrapped in a pretty shiny box Hey, spoiler alert, I just want to, you know, trigger warning. Yeah. The phrase fat Jew manager is used a lot in this book. Yeah, so be careful there. So just know if, you know, phrases like that bother you, it's, yes. it's a lot. It's a lot of that. There's a lot of um, classism and racism. They, they, mm-hmm. He mentions prejudices a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. There's a great reference to, uh, uh, like, his... Uh, <laughs> Is somebody, it was either his bank account changes, but his prejudices never do, something along those lines. Like uh, somebody so stayed in old English ways that, like, no matter what changes around them, their prejudices will always stay there, meaning they're a bunch of yeah. racist people. Yeah, Glasses it seems like a, it, it was, it was aware of itself in some moments, you know, like it, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it seemed like Oscar Wilde acknowledged. Oh, he like, knows the ridiculous of it because context. he writes it ridiculous. He doesn't yeah. write it like he's defending them. No, he not writes at all. It like no. he knows he he knows his people and how utterly ridiculous they are. Yeah. 100 percent It struck me as a yeah. bit of an expose in yeah. that way. Like well, he's making fun yeah. of the ridiculousness of it. But also I just realized that Timothy Chalamet would have to be Dorian Gray, right? I, you know what, I did picture that at one point. <laughs> there was at one, cause I was like cycling through, like yeah, I was at one point thinking of like, who would play Dorian Gray right now? And like, that was the thought that popped into my head. Yeah, well also because the, when, when the, the, the pictures on the books that I was looking at in the library, they all have like a thin mop hair, dark hair. Well, yeah, hair. and also he's just him and the way that people worship him. Like he's the perfect oh, yeah. way. You're beautiful and you're talented. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would be surprised if like Timothy Chalamet is living this life right now and we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're a terrible person, but we just like, look. Is he still 14? Because For real, because he kind of hasn't changed in the last couple of years. So who's to say? He must be taking that TB12 from Tom Brady, who's somehow 44 years old and still competing at the highest level of one of the most physically dangerous sports on the planet. I'm sure that's all just all natural, right? I'm going to read read this. This is when Dorian realizes, we've already talked about it, that he sort of curses himself. Um, Mm. So... This is chapter seven, page 22. He threw himself into a chair and began to think. 
Suddenly there flashed across his mind what he had said in Basil Hallward's studio the day the picture had been finished. Yes, he remembered it perfectly. He had uttered a mad wish that he himself might remain young and the portrait grow old, This that his own beauty might be untarnished and the face on the canvas bear the burden of his passions and his sins, that the painted image might be seared with the lines of suffering and thought, and that he might keep all the delicate bloom and loveliness of his then just conscious boyhood. Surely his wish had not been fulfilled. Such things were impossible. It seemed monstrous to even to think of them. And yet there was the picture before him with the touch of cruelty in the mouth. Cruelty so, in the mouth, that's yeah. what it was, okay. <laughs> and you know exactly what that means. Cruelty, had he been cruel, it was the girl's fault, not his. Yeah. <laughs> he had the artist had given his love to her because he thought her great. Then she had disappointed him. She had been shallow and unworthy. And yet a feeling of infinite regret came over him as he thought of her lying at his feet, sobbing like a child. He remembered with what callousness he had watched her. And he's like suddenly disgusted. Then the next day he's like, just kidding, I'm gonna go marry her, right? He's decided. Yes, he's decided he's going to be yes, good. He's he's not for the marry. first time. He's just going to Or not for the last him. time, rather. And then Lord yeah. Henry comes over and is like, oh, by the way. Um, so emotional roller coaster. <laughs> Has like a whole. <laughs> All of them. He built his them. own emotional roller coaster. He did. Roller coaster. The soundtrack for this. It's amazing. getting better and better, yeah. It's amazing. Roller coaster. I feel like I had another song. It was Enjoy Your Youth. Um, ba, ba, ba. Chapter 11, George Willoughby. Oh, this is interesting. Another thing that Lord Henry says on marriage is unselfish people are, he's like, um, the reason why married people are boring is when they get married, they become unselfish. unselfish. Unselfish people are colorless. They lack individuality. Right. And I was like, oh, that makes single people who love their individuality very uncomfortable. Like they <laughs> see a couple and they're like, oh no, they're doing that thing. <laughs> they're getting real bland and like in servitude to each other. I don't want it, you know? And he's like saying like, yep, that's who I am. You know, that's what I believe. So uh, thoughts on that? Um, I don't know if I have thoughts specifically on that thought that Lord Henry makes, but I have to say that I have a thought about Lord Henry that I need to make. Oh, yes. Is that when, um, like at first I was like having trouble like picturing exactly what to like just what he would be and like sound like and look like in my mind right but mm -hmm. earlier on like uh, maybe like chapter two in the book have any of you seen what we do in the shadows no okay no well, not yet so there, it's the character laszlo on the tv show um it's about vampires but <laughs> it's like um he sounds exactly like this character like the way he talks and like okay. this vampire character would be roughly from like the same time period and like from England and like as soon as I made the connection I was like oh my god like this is it's just I just pictured this character as I read this book. Well, that scans 100 percent this this person is a, a psychological vampire. That's what any Lord Henry I thought about that I was he like sucks souls in a different way you know 
Well, yeah, as soon as I thought about that, my I started creating theories in my mind, like, oh, like maybe he put this curse on him and maybe they're all vampires. But that was just inspired by the fact that it was picked <laughs> But I was like hoping that it was so that my theory could be true and I could just have him and I could just be like <laughs> in my head canon of what we do in the shadows. It's actually like a sequel of this book. Yeah. <laughs> it was so complicated. Like I was creating stories in my head, but it was funny. It was a fun connection that I made. I think it works. Yeah. 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 So Dorian suddenly becomes obsessed with sort of the sensual pleasure and beauty of the world and 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 legit goes just on a worldwide spree to get the most whatever jewels fabrics taste he's going to get the bag he's going to get every yeah as soon as he gets the most expensive whatever he moves on to the next most expensive whatever yeah and so he's just acquiring things and going to taverns and going to brothels and and traveling and never changing his face is never changing still people are going like well, by George, you never age, do you? <laughs> You're a terrible chap now, though. You know, they sort of are saying yeah. you're not a great guy. Um, like slowly, one by one and all, mm-hmm. except for Lord Henry. Uh, and, and I guess Basil, to a lesser degree, uh, just kind of hit the unfriend button on old Dorian Gray. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. There was... The worship of the senses has often and with much justice been decreed men feeling a natural instinct of terror about passions and sensations that seem stronger than themselves and that they are conscious of sharing with the less highly organized forms of existence. Hmm. So it's sort of that I know I can't give into this like mad desire because I know how dark it's going to get, but because he knows he's not going to show the where and tear you know usually if somebody's living a life as rough as he's lived yeah you can see it and it sort of tempers you it tempers you like when you get sunburned over and over again you're like okay you know what i'm ruining my body okay i get it i get it i'm gonna start wearing sunscreen and a hat okay i get it like he doesn't have to go through that so there's nothing to temper mm-hmm. he's not gonna run out of money Right. He's not going to look ugly. He's not going to run out of energy. Based on and the philosophy, evil or based evil. on the philosophy of life that uh, Lord Henry helped him establish, as long as he's still beautiful, he can do. There literally can do no wrong. Yeah, that will affect his life in any way, or so he thinks. Yeah, exactly. So he just gets away with the like what. Yeah. As soon as he does one evil thing, it's like, what's the next evil thing I can do? Because there's no consequences, basically. Yeah. I want to meet the beautiful but horrible cunt, male or female, that inspired this story in Oscar Wilde. Like, there has to be somebody <laughs> who is, so this is Dorian Gray, you know, sure, in, in his life. Been, it could have just been that leap of, like, Everybody wants to preserve their youth and beauty, but I mean, just a simple question is what would happen if they could? Sure. You know, cause it's like the vampire stories where like you think it exactly. might be cool, but like all the kids that go to high school with Belle and Jacob and <laughs> you know, Edward, they're like, 
that family's fucked up. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, imagine being a lot. Well, you know, it's funny that I make the vampire connection because in what we do in the shadows, like it's they it's a comedy because they play on like these people have been alive for like hundreds and thousands of years. So like yeah. they just right. whatever they want, like the, what do you do? Like you yeah. at what, what do you do anymore? Like you just yeah. fuck around, you just goof around. Like, so yeah. fucking boring. It's so boring. That's like it's a similar thing, like, because they have no, they feel like they have no consequences in life. Yeah. They walk around, yeah. do what they want. And I feel like it could have been, I haven't read up, so there's probably a million writings on all about this. Everybody writes about Oscar Wilde, of course. So sorry, scholars, yeah. <laughs> new to the game. We know we're not treading new sorry, ground. And also, we know knows. we're probably really wrong about a bunch of stuff. Shut what? up, we got high and read a book, okay? Yeah, it was really good. But let's also not lose the fact that I tore through this book. It was really easy to read, mm. and it was because yeah. it was beautifully described. So, okay. well, the language is brilliantly formatted. Yeah. So I have to tell you. So this is when he's talking about uh, waking before dawn. He's sort of like he's he's tortured. He's not living well. He's not a peaceful, joyful guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are few of us who have not sometimes wakened before dawn, either after one of those dreamless nights that make us almost enamored of death or one of those nights of horror and misshapen joy when through the chambers of the brain sweep phantoms more terrible than reality itself. An instinct with that vivid life that lurks in all grotesques and that lends to Gothic art its enduring vitality, this art being, one might fancy, especially the art of those whose minds have been troubled with the malady of a reverie. So he's talking about like the dawn, right? Mm. Being awake in the middle of the night. Gradually, white fingers creep through the curtains and they appear to tremble. In black, fantastic shapes, dumb shadows crawl into the corners of the room and crouch there. Outside, there is the stirring of the birds among the leaves, or the sound of men going forth to their work, or the sigh and sob of the wind coming down from the hills and wandering round the silent house. And though it feared to wake the sleepers, and yet must needs call forth sleep from her purple cave. Veil after veil of thin dusky gauze is lifted, and by degrees the forms and colors of things are restored to them. And we watched the dawn remaking the world in its antique pattern. The wan mirrors get back to their mimic life. Isn't that badass? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love it. And basically he's saying like, this is what it's like to wake up and face another day. Yeah. It's just like, uh, it's going to happen. You know, out of the unreal shadows of the night comes back the real life that we had known. We have to resume it where we left off. And there steals over us a terrible sense of the necessity for the continuance of energy in the same wearisome round of stereotype habits or a wild longing it may be that our eyelids might open some morning upon a world that had been refashioned anew in the darkness for our pleasure, a world in which things have fresh shapes and colors and be changed or have other secrets. Yes. No con- so basically saying like, I'm waking up again and. Like facing reality. Yeah. And he's been searching for the most beautiful things and the craziest experiences. Like he's a thrill seeker because he can be, and it's, Somebody planted the seed in his brain. You're beautiful and that's going to get you everything that you want. And it was a lie. And like over time, it's causing him so much pain. 
you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about being beautiful. I can't contribute. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen beautiful people corrupted by their beauty? Um, every time. Not every time. No, I don't believe in absolutes. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't, you can't, here's the thing. It's what know. you do with your beauty, right? Like you're born looking like what you look like. You can alter that. Sure. But I mean, just, just go with me here on that particular assessment. Uh, so I know a lot of very pretty people who are not very bright, but also don't try to do anything with themselves. They just rely on the pretty. I know a few very pretty people who are also maybe not super intelligent, but like work really hard to do good and be kind in the world and give back to society. So I think it's what you do with whatever it is you're given, whether it's looks or money or whatever it is. And, and if you're an exploitive asshole or, or around exploitive assholes, you're going to turn into that. And if you're kind of around good people and good things, you, you'll turn to that. Uh, it, it, nature versus nurture. It, what argument am I making? I'm not even sure. But I don't know. Like the point is. But I think everybody can relate to the person who is always told when they're little how darling they are sure. right and how precious and special and adorable and beautiful of a child that they are you know that child that gets doted on and when that starts to not carry them through it sucks for them yes. unless they have a lot of other influence right right so for a lot of women who were raised to be like cute cute and like that's what they were told like oh he's so cute look at you being so pretty and cute oh you're gonna find so you know like that's the craziest message in the world and when it doesn't when that's not true right right, it's like, right. wait this is total bullshit right well, you <laughs> okay. th none of this is satisfying at all oh, to God, that I person you i know? can't even imagine at 16 you find out you're uh after being told you're the most beautiful girl in the world you're really in the, in the actuality scale of things kind of a nice looking girl you're next like door type five. yeah okay you said <laughs> it i didn't around, there you go i'm trying to be like a small town 10 yeah Michigan. you're like a six and a half what's the maria banford joke i moved to california and um women are really beautiful here and i don't know what happened? But back home in Minnesota, I was a goddess. Like, you know, like she's a little skinny blonde girl, but got to California and realized, oh, wait a minute. I'm I'm not that skinny blonde girl. Oh, hey, speaking of Maria Bamford. Yeah. Um, the Laugh Fest is starting soon in Grand Rapids. And because I had tickets two years ago to see Maria Bamford, it was canceled because it was the day that the, all the pandemic shut. Oh, it was the shutdown day. So it was like end of February beginning. It was mid March. Your tickets are still good. Yes. Ooh. I got an email that was like, "Your event's finally been rescheduled. Ooh. Thanks for hanging in there." All right. So I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm going to see Maria Bamford finally!" Oh, that makes me so happy. I wanted to read another wonderful description of, I think it was George Willoughby. And it was just kind of a fun description. And I feel like it's in this chapter. I'm going to find it. Talk about um, them growing old and sort of how people grow distant from him. 
Well, yeah, again, the, the prettier uh, Dorian stays, the uglier his actions become. And the more people see him, ironically, for what he truly is. Uh, he's like that. I don't know. I'm not even sure how to make the analogy because I, I'm not sure there's a more like just kind of despicable person based on just really superfluous, shallow stuff. It's so ironic that even as a young person who didn't understand the world, he wanted to blame uh, Sybil for being shallow when when all he's being groomed to be is the most shallow man who ever existed. And he gets prettier and prettier. They get uglier and uglier. And it, it starts to become apparent to others that they're aging uh, pretty not so well, and here he still is gorgeous and looks barely over 20 years but old. But this brings me back to the child star analogy, real quick, because everybody adores the child star, and also you don't want to see the child star grow up, really, mm. right? But it is weird seeing someone in that state, right? And they can't be like M Michael Jackson <laughs> did a lot of really crazy things, but those kids who are never allowed to not be a child star, you know what I mean? Who are like managed yeah. and told that there are certain things Yeah, they, they just have. The actual heart. childhood is removed from the childhood. Yeah. Like who in his life, what other shot did he have? Those were his influences. Yeah. What else was he to know? He could, he didn't have like telehealth therapy in 1890 here no i get you know? it it's still ha i still have a hard time uh feeling sorry for uh uh rich white people in 1890s england fictional or otherwise <laughs> it was i'm sorry but there they it sucked they had these boring like going from place to place talking to boring people being like, i mean they didn't do anything yeah, you know. for themselves it sucked in my opinion they also had food and servants and well, yeah i don't know it just feels like it this book reeked of more privilege than a high-ranking karen in the republican party to me right but they're, they're, <laughs> yeah but nobody's happy this isn't a book about happy people oh no i, I didn't say that i'm just saying like the, the privilege reeking off of it I, I think oscar wilde did a really good job of being uh, it, what, while being in that world, literally uh, observing it and calling it out for what it is and what it was. And, and even all oh, these yeah. years later, he makes, you know, you, you can get right into the ugliness of it because uh, how well it's described. Right, right. He talks about when he gets really, really into jewels and he starts describing like this Duke had a coat with 30,000 marks and this you know, King had 421 diamonds on his hat and, you know, he's right. so enamored with it. But the truth is, is every, no one in the whole book is peaceful or joyful or happy. They're like droll, you know, they're, they're patronizing, they're twisted. Like no one is, there's no happiness in in these people right it, even lord henry whose only joy seemed to come from taking joy from others <laughs> gets bored with that by the end <clears throat> like yeah. even his even his quips that are designed to cut you to the quick 
are just quick anymore. They're not really into the cut so much. They're just, he's just trying to get everything over with by the end, Lord Henry, at least. Yeah. What's interesting is the novel that influenced his life was also from Lord Henry. Like, here, read this book. Remember? Right. Then he gets 20 different copies. He's basically becoming exactly what they tell him he's going to be. They're just saying, you're going to be young forever. Here, read this book. This is you now. (laughs) you know and and so that part of it is very very simple you know Mm -hmm. okay so then here is a huge turning point the man who wrote who who painted the picture it's Mm -hmm. 18 years later it's 18 years 18 years okay thank you basil comes back by yes the eve of his own 38th birthday so he was walking home from lord henry's and then suddenly Basil came up and they haven't seen each other in a long time and it's really foggy and he's trying to tell him I'm going to be out of England and I want to and he's like oh well I want to show you something this is very important yeah he's leaving on a train for Paris later that night yeah he's going to France for like a while but He's going to be like an artist in residence and do do his thing. Something like that. And suddenly Dorian needs to really, really feels like he needs to show him the painting. Right. Mm -hmm. It's upstairs. He takes him upstairs to show him. Right. And this is where Basil like says, Hey, you know, you know, something's different. Something's different about that painting. Isn't it? You know it. You know it. Tell me what's wrong. They like, what's that? They kind of get into it about it. Like they kind of yeah. both are like pressing each other about it. And like Dorian kind of like snaps. Like I don't remember what like happened right before Basil came over, but like I feel like something significant happened right before he came over because Dorian was like, you know what, fuck it. Like, why not? Like, <laughs> and I don't remember what motivated him to do it to finally be like um, he's reading let's see debauchery blah 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 it was another moment in time where he was like i finally once and for all i'm gonna be good wasn't it he had yeah. another like yeah. some sort of i'm gonna be good catharsis moment and then basil shows up they haven't seen each other in a long time and they both have something to say to each other and he's like here's what i need to say to you um you don't want people. He's basically like, I've known you, <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about it and I need to tell you this. People are saying bad things about you. You got to know this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's saying, um, it's entirely for your own sake that I'm speaking. I think it right that you should know that the most dreadful things are being said against you in London. And for me, I didn't see this coming either. Right. Of all the things we didn't see coming, all of a sudden his old friend, you realize like, oh, he hasn't kept in touch with him. And he's basically he's saying, like, I don't want to hear anything about that. Dorian says he's like, well, every gentleman is interested in his good name. You don't want people to talk of you as something vile and degraded. Of course, you have your position and your wealth and all that kind of thing. But position and wealth are not everything. Mind you, I don't believe these rumors at all. At least I can't believe them when I see you. Sin is a thing that writes itself across a man's face. Yeah. It cannot be concealed. Uh People talk sometimes of secret vices. There are no such things. 
If a wretched man has a vice, it shows itself in the lines of his mouth, the droop of his eyelids, the molding of his hands even. Somebody, I won't mention his name, but you know him, came to me last year to have his portrait done. Da, 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 da. But he's saying, you're pure, bright face. I know these things can't be true. But why is it, Dorian, that a man like the Duke of Berwick leaves the room of a club when you enter it? Mm -hmm. Why is it that so many gentlemen in London will neither go to your house nor invite you to theirs? You used to be a friend of Lord Staveley. I met him at dinner last week. Your name happened to come up in conversation in connection with the miniatures you've lent to the ex exhibition at Dudley. Staveley curled his lip and said, you might have had the artistic taste, but you are a man whom no pure-minded girl should be allowed to know <laughs> and whom no chaste woman should sit in the same room with. <laughs> Basically, he's saying, all I hear about you are bad things. And I need to tell you this before I leave town. And he says, stop, Basil. You asked me what I don't, I'm not in charge of those people. They can do whatever they want. Basically, like they can react to me however they want. Like, I know how people chatter in England, the middle class air their moral prejudices over their gross dinner tables and whisper about what they call the, you know, he's just going off, mm -hmm. right? He's saying, I know, but you have not been fine. <laughs> you know, you can tell by the effects you're having on your friends. He's trying to have like a come to Jesus with yeah. Dorian before he leaves town, right? Um, and then he starts saying, here, let me line it up for you. When you met Gwendolyn, scandal, and beca scandal became of her. When you, you, you know, you're seen creeping at dawn out of dreadful houses and slinking in disguise. He's saying like, here's the evidence that you've been living this dark life. Mm -hmm. And I should be able to see it on your face, right? I should be able to see your soul. And so he says, um, you shall see the thing that only God can see. And he takes the... Um, takes the large the, purple drapery off that he covers the painting with down from the painting. He takes him up the stairs and he thinks he's going to show him a diary, right? Um, but instead he takes it. So he, he, no one has seen this painting and it's been changing for 18 years mm -hmm. and it is changing and twisting and all of this to the point where when he pulls the cover off, the man who painted it can't even recognize it he, he 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 vaguely recognizes his own brush strokes at one point is what they say is on it. yeah his yeah signature is on it and he realizes like it's the picture that he worshiped this young boy and he's like look the thing i was worshiping was a devil you know you can see it in this painting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you remember that he said like this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen it's going to cause me great pain yes exactly yeah mm -hmm. okay super spoiler alert everybody super spoiler alert if you really don't want to know five four three two one dorian <laughs> killed him <laughs> yeah. i was not expecting that at all no it kept getting like worse and worse and worse. It's and a it, horror movie. It's a slow-moving train crash. It's going like, like, oh my God, he's doing all these horrible things. He's just getting more evil and more evil. I just, some, for some reason, was totally not expecting that at all. And I was like, oh, like my, like my jaw dropped. Like I had like a whole moment when I read that. I was shocked. Shocked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he's kind of like, gross. Somebody's going to have to clean that up. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. 
I gotta yeah. call that guy who knows how to clean up dead bodies. Yeah. Right. And, and then like, he immediately figures that, oh, by the way, nobody saw him because uh Basil came to the house. Uh Dorian wasn't home. Uh he he, he left, left, but then came back yeah. after eleven when the servants were in bed. And they didn't know Dorian was home at the time. Yes. So Dorian figures that he has months before anybody even notices that Basil's missing. Right. And in the meantime, he can figure out how to exonerate himself. Yes. I'm sorry, Moon, what was that? Oh, I was just adding on because Basil was supposed to be in Paris. So no one's going to think twice that he's yeah. gone. A certain that he's gone from London, right. Yeah. And it was foggy out. So who's to say where they saw anyone Yes, the old London fog coming into play yet again. Okay, yeah, it's all terrible. Of course, that doesn't make his life better. Um, no. Nope. Hires a dude to destroy the body. The painting looks real fucked up now, too, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. It doesn't look real fucked up till the end. Oh, oh, it does. Well, it just continues oh, yeah. to get more fucked up so. and fucked up. Uh, so... Um... Then it was somebody committed suicide. Oh, the man who burned. Yeah, he had to, he like blackmailed an old friend that like a new character out of nowhere. I think it was. Yeah, yeah blackmailed an old friend. To go take care of this body. And he did not want to do it. But this an old friend who was like, I thought we were done with, I was done with you, Dorian. Yes. By the way, I just want to interject that. And go ahead, please continue. You were saying yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Like he did not want to do it at all he was like why like why do you have to do this and dorian was like it's either do it or or i'm gonna expose you and i don't remember what exactly oh look that's the best part they we never find out like it just goes silent and dorian writes something on a piece of paper drop folds it drops it in front of the man and then just walks away and looks out a window doesn't even look at him or something like that and there's a silence and the man's like do you have a fireplace? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I guess I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Because whatever you got on me, I don't want anybody to know. Yeah, and then he does the whole thing, and he like is so horribly depressed about it. The 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 friend he hires, I don't remember his name, but then and then like Alan the, Campbell, maybe no. Right. Yeah, that was maybe it. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know. But and then, know. and then he just kind of goes about his business yeah yeah he just goes about his business. Oh, thank goodness that's sorted right but then later like not too much later the man who burned the body doesn't he commit suicide he does but he learns about yeah. it in the past he learns about it like they're talking about it later at dinner or something right they're saying like oh lord henry's divorced that guy committed suicide yeah like yeah yeah right 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 listing. <laughs> you know what this is like ozark like something horrible happens and they're just like well let's bury this body this is the third one this week you know they're just kind of like oh moving on you know then we'll go have a beer like just no problem yeah yeah um so of course things are not going well for anyone um let's move ahead to the opium den the opium den he goes he goes out one night and he's takes a cab late at night and goes way out into 
you know, a place where they're basically like, where there's an open den in 1890. Yeah. This one's full. There's one across the street, <laughs> though, that's got some spots. And again, looking for another character that we just kind of get to know during this scene. Is that accurate or am I, did I have that wrong? Oh, the guy that's just kind of his friend in the opium yeah, den. Yeah, the opium den guy, the, right. the stone fella. I think he's. Yes. I think we met him earlier on. I think met him briefly earlier, and then we're back to it again. Okay. Right, but also um, newsflash: here comes a little Jimmy Vane. Because Jimmy Vane. and but um, but Jimmy only knows, and only gets a hint, a sniff of Dorian because one of the the woman who's kind of overseeing the opium den is all bedraggled and beat down and like you know well has a very methy look about them as to put it in today's parlance yeah. uh and uh says oh i used to call you prince charming didn't i uh and then because as it turns out dorian had ruined this woman's life and sent yeah. her on the path that led to her oh, being yeah. the door woman in an opium den sure. 18 yeah. years later and then Jimmy Vane, as you said, just kind of pops up out of the shadows of the opium den, an 18-year sailor now, home on leave for a second, and says, Prince Charming, That's yeah. I know this bastard, and I'm going to kill him! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was, I was expecting that. I was expecting, like, the brother to come back yeah, at some point you had to yeah, know jimmy was coming we really did not expect the other like two twists that happened about him like right after he returned i was not ex oh, i was like me neither at all like i was like oh my gosh wow that's so smart like as soon as he is found by by jimmy um <laughs> uh as soon as he's found um he's like like he gets accused like I know who you are like you know you made like you broke my sister's heart like I'm gonna kill you she killed herself now I'm gonna kill you yeah it was like but it's dark he doesn't I'm sorry it's dark so he doesn't really he hasn't really gotten a good look at Dorian yet yes right is that where you're going oh I have this great idea you said it was 18 or 20 years ago like look at me I'm only 20 years old like yeah. you can't tell me I'm more than 20 like how am I gonna do that as a baby and so then he's like, <laughs> oh my god you're right and I was like oh, no I was like so mad I was like I want Dorian to get murdered right he's now gotta he's gotta and get it he's gotta get it thing here's what I think the thing is about it not being a blessing is if you you don't expect a charming beautiful person to come up and and be a crazy asshole right it's unexpected so he keeps getting away from things so he's never ever growing up into the results and consequences of a normal person right mm -hmm. even right. up to this point where like he that guy does want to kill dorian gray and he is dorian gray yeah. but he uses he's not going to face these consequences either because he uses his youth and beauty which yes. is just fucking crazy so it's like the super heightened version of like a woman with big boobs getting out of a speeding ticket. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. you're like, that shouldn't work. That it's, shouldn't but happen. It sure did, didn't it? That shouldn't happen. It's never, nothing, I've never gotten out of So this is the point reasons. where the woman at the opium den says, why didn't you kill him? And he's like, well, he couldn't have been there. He's only 20. Yeah. And she's like, no, that son of a bitch looks the same as he did 18 years ago when he fucked my life up. Yeah. Yes. So Jim's like, ah. 
turn you, Dorian Gray. Oh, I'll find you again. Yes, yes. And he does. And he does. And I was, oh, God, that was crazy. Yeah. Talk about uh, what I did not see coming. Uh, I didn't figure because it, uh, uh, James Vane lets loose that he has to get on a ship to India later that night. So he's got to go outside and kill this guy tonight. Uh, and then, of course, doesn't kill him, but then finds out it is Dorian Gray. So you had to know he wasn't getting on that ship. I just didn't expect the uh, the transition to the rabbit hunt scene and the rich guy blasting off a hair, a shot at a hair, but not before Dorian sees the pretty bunny and implores the old Lord not to shoot right. the rabbit because he's too cute. It's too full of life. And the guy says, bullshit i'm killing that thing blasts yeah. away and i love the way it's described i'm paraphrasing of course but it's there the, there were two sounds then heard the first the shriek of a bunny who's been shot which was horrible the second the sound of a man which was worse yeah <laughs> and that's when the old the old rich guy's like what idiot is in front of my gun while i'm shooting it and uh, nobody knows. And they're like, oh, God, yeah, this guy took a full blast of uh, pellets to the chest. He was dead almost instantly. I'm certain of it. Let's drag him off to a barn and figure out what to do about it. I guess we're not hunting anymore. Damn it. Yeah, they were all so mad that their day was ruined. <laughs> yeah. And would you like to uh, be the uh, deliverer of the news of who that stranger was? It was young Jimmy V. Yeah! <laughs> It was. He was creeping around trying to find Dorian and ended up on the wrong side of the gun. Like, uh, hiding yeah. in the bushes, ready to pounce. And then a rabbit runs at him and he gets shot by the man. Yeah. Who Dorian Gray asked not to shoot the rabbit. It's, it's crazy good. Yes. I, that, that was really good. Like, I, there were a few times in this book where I was like, ooh, like that was, that was so good. Like, I wasn't expecting that. But that was my, favorite because I was totally like could not have predicted a any second of that I don't think and like it was so beautifully yeah but I and I was so angry <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, reasons, you know? so this is right where um so so he's kind of losing his mind now yeah so now it's really shit, piling up right? on him all the guilt that he can't some no you can never escape the guilt i'm here to tell you yeah and and lord henry is still saying things like you're still so beautiful you've never changed and he's like i have changed i've changed and he's going no you're beautiful you're gay you're lovely you know yeah he's like no i've i've changed right um yeah he he is looking at, okay, so I'll just read this section because it's interesting. Sums up everything. Um, the curiously carved mirror that Lord Henry had given to him so many years ago was standing on a table and the white-limbed cupids laughed round it as of old. He took it up as he had done on that night of horror when he first noticed the change in the fatal picture and with wild tear-dimmed eyes looked into its polished shield. Once someone who had terribly loved him had written to him a mad letter ending with these idolatrous words, the world is changed because you are made of ivory and gold. The curves of your lips rewrite history. The phrases come back to his memory and he repeated them over and over to himself. Then he loathed his own beauty and fling the mirror on the floor, crushed it into silver splinter, splinters beneath his heel. It was his beauty that had ruined him. 
his beauty and the youth that he had prayed for. But for those two things, his life might have been free from stain. His beauty had been to him but a mask, his youth but a mockery. What was youth at best? A green and unripe time, a time of shallow moods and sickly thoughts. Why had he worn its livery? Youth had spoiled him. Then he kind of goes on to like, I won't think of it. Uh, this was that, but James Vane was hidden in a nameless grave. He had shot himself one night. The death of Basil Howard, everybody just got over it. Like he just kind of is saying like, those things weren't really my fault. I want a new life. That's what I want. Yeah. Maybe the painting will go back if I become really pure again. Yes. Right. So that's For like the fifth time in the book. I am going to do good from now on. Right. Right. So he, um, he goes up to the, to the painting and he decides I'm going to, I'm going to destroy this painting. Yeah. He's like, he comes to the conclusion that this is like the only way to do it. I think. Is what Why I mean. didn't I do it years ago? The whole, mm-hmm. it's a whole, it's a classic self-reflection moment. Uh, <laughs> again, like self-instigated catharsis that isn't kind of real, mm-hmm. uh, but this is the one time I'm going to do it. Right. He's going to destroy the painting, Shelley. Yeah. What, 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 how does he do that? And what, what happens? <laughs> he picks up this knife that he killed Basil with. Yeah. And he stabs the painting. Yeah. But in, but the, what they find is a stabbed Dorian Gray on the ground. After a horrendous scream. Yes. Yes. He was withered, wrinkled and loathsome. It was not till they examined the rings that they recognized who it was. When they entered, they found hanging upon the wall, a splendid portrait of their master as they had last seen him and all the wonder of his exquisite youth and beauty lying on the floor was a dead man in evening dress with a knife in his heart. He stabbed himself in the heart. Trying to stab the picture in the heart. I loved, loved that the, I loved the last line that you said, like, it, it was not until they had examined their rings that they recognized who it was. I was like, oh my God, what yeah. did I end it right, right there. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. a, like a felled tree. <laughs> we, we won't know how old it is until we check the rings. Yeah. Oh yeah, these are all the rings that Paul Gordon normally wears. <laughs> so many rings of gold. I would know the rings anywhere. Yeah. Okay, so that is what happened to Dorian Gray, man. Yeah, man. He he killed himself in you, delayed fashion. Yeah, that was physically, but he killed himself euphemistically the day he started listening to lord henry yes the day yes pretty much the day they met yeah and really because like they become all so obsessed with it's bored with too much money and looks no sense no guidance Mm -hmm. you know and it's still happening to this day there's like a house full of influencers in California somewhere with way too much money and everybody telling them that they're the greatest people ever and they're going to make so much money and they're going to ruin their lives. 
you're going to ruin their lives. I feel like the like real shame is the number of lives, just like Dorian Gray's, who will be ruined in the process of chasing that bullshit. Oh, yeah. Everybody's doing it right now. Everybody's going like, I mean, if you're a human, well, I don't know. I don't know what kind of ads you guys get on your Facebook. I'm not a human, by the way. I just want to be clear about that. Well, I was going to say, if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're a girl, if you're a boy, but I think I only know me, but every ad that I get is telling me that I need to fix something. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I I hate advertisements. I could go on. Every ad is like, are your forearms terrible? (laughs) It's like, I've never even considered my forearms. (laughs) You got me so worried about my neck and forehead. I forgot I had forearms. Goodness. Keep it up. I hate it. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. It's specifically for me because I have acne. They'll be like, they'll they'll hear me say like ouch like oh I, my pimple pop like something something yes, like, yes. it'll be like hey like your dry skin like doesn't whatever like you need right. to fix yourself and I'm like leave me alone like I'm yeah. just yeah my tv I hate it yes exactly exactly and it's 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 an interesting thought that fountain of youth like it's it's interesting because every movie about vampires where they all stay young or something like this like it does not work out <laughs> i don't know why we try to do it so much immortality yeah the the fountain of youth all of these ah. stories like any story that involves all that stuff is an absolute fucking tragedy there it's is terrible. no superhero like yeah like uh joyous ending for everybody right uh, even even if- the superheroes who live forever, like the, in the pantheon of the comic book lore they come from, end up miserable They're because so there's bored. no one around. They're so yeah. bored. Yeah. Just yeah. don't do it. Go ahead and die. It's okay. Not soon. Live your life. Have a good time. You know, like, uh, you know, ride it out as long as you can. But when you get there, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so any final thoughts on Dorian Gray? Oh gosh. Fabulous read. The the language itself, the the pacing, the prose. Uh yeah, really it, it's good. brilliant. The the descriptions of the descriptions of the description of the thing that you're about to read. Yes. That Oscar Wilde presents to set and and paint the real picture of the, the novel of, yeah, of the picture I of Dorian had Gray. A picture. I had a compa- I always feel like I flowery could, language. Like, like I was watching a reality TV show set in 1890. Yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs> we're three gay like. friends that were asked to live in a drawing room together and <laughs> talk about Dorian Gray, who never seems to get any older. <laughs> you know, it's like there that's what I pictured. But it's a tragedy. It's funny though. I laughed. I laughed. Funny. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wit and humor really in funny. it. I mean, and as as despicable a shit heel as Lord Henry is, I have to admire his wit. Uh, and one thing and, I wrote down actually, and the quick thinking. And what's that? One thing I wrote down actually about Lord Henry was that half the time I was like laughing at his dialogue, but also half the time I was like. God, just shut up. You're also the worst. Like, yeah. stop, stop saying words to humans. You, yeah. Nothing good happens. When you speak, it's hilarious, but also shut up. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. We, I, I know, I feel like I know all of those people. I mean, hopefully I don't know an exact Dorian Gray, but I know people with too much money and looks to make good sense. Mm. I know people with more like intellect and quote breeding than kindness or joy, you know, like I think everybody can relate to those people who are just, they can get by on just like their lifestyle and they don't really have to have much substance. And so it's really twists up their judgment on things you know because they don't have to suffer consequences because they're buffered by beauty and money and everything as a as a child of the 80s i think you can agree we used to refer to those people as uh stuck up users <laughs> yeah all the time <laughs> yeah. all the time maybe that was just me where i lived nowadays yeah stuck up losers no users users not losers it was like because those people are never losers oh my god with the brat pack less than zero oh yeah yeah that's well james talk about james spader being an awful fucking horrible pretty blonde guy let's do so much cocaine that we hate each other uh yeah um okay well i'm very glad we read that book that was good fun. Uh, uh, it was a quick read for me. Thank you for reading it with me. Yeah. yeah. I just started reading again after not reading for so long. Like I'm back into reading. And yeah. Back- I am too. And all it took was to not have to read. I can listen. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, um, if you're listening and you don't know about Hoopla, uh, if you have a library card in most, most places, your library card can get you audiobooks for free. Which is dope. And there's other versions of that, but start with Hoopla. And if your library doesn't use Hoopla, you can find it other ways. But if you're thinking like, oh, I don't want to pay for an Audible subscription, although Audible is awesome. Hoopla is so great. And so many things are available on Hoopla, e-reading and audio. So, And also there still is here and there, a local bookstore there perhaps in your locality <laughs> yes and perhaps you should swing by and just say hi you should you should so hopefully we'll have moon back on to read one of their plays or something right um yes i would love that <laughs> behind moon someone just opened you. a door and threw in <laughs> it was um, Uber. yes i would love love <laughs> I have um, I have some stories and scripts that I've written that I haven't done too much with yet that I'm hoping to do something with them soon. And one of those things, if you wanna, if you wanna talk about it, like is you know like workshop, or if you wanna live read it, yeah, any can, of that, you can arrange a live read, whatever you want. That'd be great. All Good of those fun. Things sound so fun. So fun. So fun. Oh goodness. So a couple things are happening. We're gonna wrap up. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, this has been Shelly and Moon and Paul talking about the picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde on Reads and Weeds. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.